Well, welcome everyone to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. This is not Isaiah. This is Walker bringing in the episode this time because Isaiah cannot be with us today. And this is the first time in the podcast history, although it's only been around for like four months, that <laughs> we have not had Isaiah. Instead, we've substituted Isaiah with our first female guest, and there's no co-host. So this is going to be fun. Um, joining me today is Haley Watson. Haley, go ahead and introduce everyone, uh, or introduce yourselves to everyone. Hey guys, so like you said, my name is Haley. I am a junior public relations major at Freed Hardman University. I also have my own YouTube channel if you guys want to check that out. It's one verse at a time. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, so you can see some of my stuff there. But I became a Christian about three and a half, four years ago. And so I'm still learning every day right now. Um, I'm preparing to do some mission work. I just got engaged about a month ago. So my fiance and I are um, waiting for me to graduate. And then we're going to start looking at mission fields and get out there. It's so good to have you on the show today, Haley. And we are excited to be talking about uh, the topic that we're going to be discussing. But before we introduce the topic, uh, once again, we want to just make the general disclaimer that we make every episode that this is season two. We are diving into some hot button topics and topics that are controversial to some. Um, and so we want to make sure that if this topic seems to be controversial to you, that um, we approach it in a way that is loving, that's truthful, and that's sincere. And uh, we don't want to offend anyone, but also we are not going to sugarcoat what the Bible has to say regarding these topics. But I don't think today's episode is really a tough topic, so to say. It's just a really, um, it's really a struggle that everyone deals with, mm-hmm. whether they're a Christian or not. And this is regardless of what religion you're affiliated with. But at times we all struggle with doubt, and doubt is something that um, that is. It's part of human nature, really. It's what God designed us to have. Um, and so we're going to discuss what the Bible has to say regarding doubt. But I think it's important that whenever we introduce this topic, that we first do what we always do, define our terms, and discuss what doubt actually means. Um, doubt is essentially questioning something or someone um, because of certain circumstances. That was the definition that I just came up with right off the spot. I really didn't even have the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Um, so I'm going to actually uh, see what the Merriam-Webster um, defines it as. And it defines it as to call into question the truth of. However, Haley has a really good definition of doubt. And um, I will let her read her definition of doubt. Because it comes from one of the professors here at Free, Dr. James Gardner. Uh, is it James or Jim? Um, it's James, but Jim is his nickname. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. So I was right either way. Dr. James Gardner, um, he wrote a book regarding, was it doubt that he wrote the book over? Um, It's called Thinking Through Christianity, and it's a really good book. It's actually, it's not published yet. He's still going through the editing process, but I'm taking a class with him called Foundations of Faith right now. And so he actually just gave each of his students a copy of the book for free. So super generous. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been learning a lot from it. So whenever it comes out, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, but he does a really great job in this chapter that he called that he has that's titled doubt. So there are kind of two different kinds of doubt that are discussed in the Bible. And so the first one, um, is talked about in James, uh, chapter one and verses six through eight. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not 
that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so in verse 6, it says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And so that, just reading this verse alone, like it seems to imply that, you know, doubt isn't okay. Um, and that you shouldn't waver. So this type of doubt, uh, Jim Gardner in his book, he gives it the definition that mean, that it means to continue to think about something past the point at which a conclusion should have been reached, to have a divided mind, and so to hesitate or waver. And so this specific type of doubt is when you have been given the information and um, you've been given adequate information, but you're just choosing to keep questioning and not make a decision. Mm. Um, the second kind of doubt um, is talked about um, in Second Corinthians 4, 8. So it's just kind of like being confused or not knowing all the information. The direct wording that James Gardner use, uses in his definition is... Um, that it has a root meaning of being at a loss and not knowing the path forward. The mental state the mental state is a lack of adequate information, not a refusal to decide once adequate information is obtained. And so this kind of doubt kind of makes me think about the Bereans in Acts 17. Um, maybe I could just read that real quickly if okay. I can find it. Acts 17... Yeah, I'm going to start reading in um, verse 10. It says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. And so these people... Um, they were doubting Paul and Silas, right? Like they weren't, they weren't just taking what they heard and accepting it. But that doubt wasn't paralyzing to them. It wasn't crippling and it didn't ruin their faith. It actually strengthened their faith because this doubt caused them to search the scriptures. Most definitely. And, uh, and you bring up uh, some great definitions of doubt and referencing the Bereans. And those are some great uh, people to look at regarding whenever it comes to doubt and i guess the main question that's on everyone's mind now is that now that we've established what doubt is and sort of an overview of some definitions of doubt um i guess the question is is can christians doubt is it okay to doubt and i think it is okay to doubt um but we are going to address some very specific guidelines into why we think it's okay to doubt we um you shouldn't doubt in an arrogant type way like what Haley was talking about earlier you know the definition of doubt being like where you know the you know what is true but you just choose to keep on questioning it and not make a decision we shouldn't be doubting in that sense but if we have a really sincere type of doubt and a doubt that is uh one that um is actually a very curious doubt then that's okay um because doubt can do one of two things to your faith it can either strengthen your faith or it can erode your faith and this is the part where Isaiah was supposed to do his tangent, but since he's unable to join us today, uh, I will be doing his tangent for him. So it will not be to the best of quality, but <laughs> it will be somewhat of a tangent, and I think this is the direction that he was intending on going. You know, doubt is, um, like I said, it's one of those things that can hurt or harm your faith. Oftentimes, whenever we doubt a situation in our life, 
we oftentimes like to think of that situation over and over and over again and we like to constantly think about the different outcomes and stuff and we like to um, doubt in a sense uh, what may happen and that can be good in a sense but it can also be bad because if we don't take any action to help solve our doubt or to help find the correct answer to our doubt then that doubt is going to constantly eat away at us and it's going to constantly uh, just nag at us and our mind is going to be begging for an answer but we're just going to keep on refusing to give that answer and so we cannot let that happen because if we let that happen then that can have a then that can not only have an effect on our our mental state but it can also have an effect on our faith um, and so we need to be willing to be proactive about our doubt and find ways to solve or overcome our doubt and which we'll get into later about how to overcome doubt um, but doubt brings up a lot of things that we, we may question and stuff, and that's okay. Um, just make sure you're being proactive about it and wanting to solve it. Uh, like I said, doubt can be good because it can um, show that you're thinking about spiritual things, which is what we are supposed to be focused on. If you're doubting the existence of God because of certain circumstances that happened in your life, that's by no means bad. It's okay to do those things. I've had those experiences. I'm sure Haley has had those experiences oh, yes. in her life as well. And um, and I think, uh, did we put in the script about, uh, oh, yes, at the, at the very end. So at the very end, you'll get to hear Haley's testimony uh, regarding um, her her doubt and how she's overcome it. Um, and that's going to be a, a very good um, example of what I'm saying now. Um, because... We're supposed to be focused on um, spiritual things, but oftentimes it can be hard to focus on spiritual things whenever we have other circumstances in our life that takes over. So, um, Haley, what do you think about doubt? Do you think it's okay for Christians to doubt, and if so, why? Well, I think we can kind of lean back on the definitions a little bit, too. Like, it, doubt can be harmful, and mm -hmm. it, it can hurt you if you're just sitting there and you're asking the same question over and over and you're not putting the work into it, and you're mm -hmm. not seeking an answer. I think so many times um, we turn good doubt into a bad thing. Like, uh, for me, sometimes I'll, I'll think of a topic and I'll be like, you know, I don't really know if I believe what the church is saying about this thing, but I'll just, I'll just ignore it and shove it back into the deep of my mind and just not confront it. And then within my subconscious, I know that there's a few things that I just you know, I haven't confronted and faced. And so I think doubt can be a really harmful thing if you're not doing something about it, if you're not using it like the Bereans did to try to answer. So a good example of that would be, I have seen people paralyzed with, you know, topics that don't really affect the way that we would live our daily life. Like, uh, for instance, thinking about heaven, like what is heaven going to look like? And People arguing, are there actually going to be mansions there? Are there going to be different levels of heaven? What is paradise? Or what happens after you die? Do you go straight to paradise? Do you go to heaven? Do you just wait? You know, these are things that um, so many p different people have different ideas about. And you could really let that get to you and just not know the answer to that. Because like we're going to talk about later, um, there are some things that are just unanswerable. Questions that God hasn't given us the answer to. But... If we sit on those things, we are not only doubting God and not trusting him to do the right thing, but we're also paralyzing ourselves and making us um, actually regress in our faith because we're not 
able to look at questions and study things that God has given us the answer to. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really think that it can be a damaging thing if we don't handle it in the right way or if we focus on things that really aren't the big picture of what God is intending for us to, to seek. Most definitely. Uh, we mentioned earlier the things that we should be focused on is uh, those things of heaven. And if you have uh, your Bibles, if you would, turn to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, beginning at verse um, number 1. It reads, So if you have been raised with Christ, see the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And we see here that our minds need to be set on Christ or set on spiritual things. But sometimes, even if we do have our minds set on spiritual things, it can be easy to uh, to doubt and to become distracted. And I think one of the best examples of this, or it's not really the best, but it's, a, it's an example that we can turn to regarding doubt, is Peter walking on water um, to go see Jesus. And this account is found in Matthew chapter 14. Um, we'll begin reading at verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and well into the night he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against him. Jesus came toward, the, toward them, walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. And uh, they cried out in fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter answered him, command me to come out on the water. He said, Come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when, the strength of the wind, but when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. We see here Peter had his mind set on Christ to begin with. He had his mind set on wanting to follow Christ. And he, he started to walk on the water to go to Jesus, but then he let the things of the world cause him to doubt, cause him to lose his faith. And ultimately, he ended up um, starting to sink, but yet Jesus saved him in the end. And sometimes that's how our lives can be as Christians is we can start out strong and then a situation happens in our life where it causes us to doubt. And some of these questions that we may have in our life may not always have the answers that we're looking for. And we may not, we may not ever be able to find some of the answers, especially whenever we enter to the spiritual realm of questions. Some questions that are asked in the spiritual world, God does not provide an answer to. We can search scripture from the beginning to end for some questions and there's no clear answer over the the issue or the question that may be at hand and that doesn't mean that god's word is uh or god is not all-knowing that does not mean that god is uh any less value of what he is now it does not mean he's any less powerful or any less knowledgeable than what he is now it's, it it just proves that god has given us everything we need to know but not everything there is to know and so we don't have to know everything um, to know that God is in control. We know that he is in control beyond what we know, and that is a good thing. It may be in our best interest that we don't know everything that he knows, and so we should let him do what God does and let him be God. One of the verses that I'm constantly reminded of is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. There's a reason why he says trust in the Lord. 
Because God knows that our heart's going to be deceitful. He knows that our heart's going to lead us in ways and cause us to doubt in ways that's going to lead us or that's going to make us struggle in our faith. And so we need to trust in the one who never doubts, the one who never fails, and that is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he will make our path straight. All right, I've gotten into preaching mode. Haley, do you have any thoughts over anything yeah. so far? Yeah, I I love how you're talking about um, just our hearts. And in Jim Gardner's book, actually, there's this quote that I'm going to read that I think really applies. It says, God, who can see the heart, knows, even if we do not, when our doubts are honest and capable of resolution by additional evidence. And so God knows when our doubt is truly justified when we are just seeking more information um and we're not lacking a trust in him but we are we're just a little bit confused and he has grace for us in those situations and i think really as you were talking what i was thinking is like what this comes down to is um a lot of our doubts are things that may not even be related to god you know like sometimes it's okay, what is my church doing? Do I agree with what they're doing? Do I really believe that? Uh, And really, like, it just comes down into trusting in God and trusting his grace that he has for you. Most definitely. Um, And sometimes trusting in God is harder. It's one of those phrases that we throw around and it's like, okay, that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And um, Believe it or not, we'll actually have a season titled over all those statements, like statements that are easier said than done. And one of the episodes is going to be about this idea of uh, God is in control because we often throw that term around loosely. And 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 I think we throw it around too loosely to where people start to really question, is God really in control? Because you see maybe something bad happen to a family member or you see something uh, bad happen in your life that um, that's hurt you tremendously. And then you start to ask the question, well, does God really love me? Is God in control? Why does God let this happen to me? And it's these questions that we don't really have the answers to that we start to, uh, that we start to question our faith and we start to doubt, um, doubt what we believe in and who and what power we believe in. And so we need to make sure that we, we put our full trust in God because even though we may not know the answer, he definitely has provided us a way out, and he's not going to put us through any situation we cannot control. But we need to be careful not to have a uh, blind faith. Um, we need to have a faith that is active, a faith mm-hmm. that is um, that is seeking to um, draw closer uh, to God. I think the world has done a very good job at d- diluting the idea of hope. The world's view of hope versus the biblical view of hope are two very different things. To find the biblical view of hope, I think we should look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the reality of things hoped for. Um, actually, my the, the version I'm reading from it says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, for the proof of what is not seen. For by this are, uh, well, that's the only verse I needed to read because the second verse doesn't help us at all. First verse is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, as you may read in the New King James Version. And so we need to hope um, in things that uh, are not seen. And so we need to put our faith and our trust in the things that we may not know the answers to, but we know that God has a better way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a, a big part to add to that is just humility. Mm-hmm. Because so many times we think that 
we know the answer and this this can just cause arguments you know and it can cause us to actually forget the big picture and um not really be focusing on love or open-mindedness to what other people have to say and so I love that James Gardner in his book he includes this quote from uh, Francis Bacon's book The Advancement of Learning it says if we begin with certainties we shall end in doubts but if we begin with doubts and are patient in them we shall end in certainties and so if we approach something thinking that we know the answer 100% and we can't be wrong then we're going to end in doubts later on but if we begin with doubts and we persevere through them and we put in the time and we put in the work um we can we can get rid of some of those doubts and i think another big thing to remember is that god he wants us to be confident in our salvation and he wants us to have peace um a verse that really helps me is uh found in 1 John 5.13. I'm going to read from that real quick. And it says, These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of, son, of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And so 1 John was written so that people, um, so that the Christians during that time could go back and say, okay, this is what my faith looks like, and this is what the Holy Spirit has inspired uh, for this author to say that my faith should look like, and are these things matching up? And if the answer is yes, then that's as much as we have to do, you know? We don't have to agonize over every little detail. We just we just need to see if um, we're, we're doing what God asks us to do simply. Most definitely. You bring up the idea of humility. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul talks about the idea of adopting the mind of Christ, and that is one of humility. Christ coming in the form of man and humbling himself and showing us the perfect way. And, you know, whenever we talk about this idea of doubt, why should we doubt whenever our Savior came to earth? He, he lived the same lives that we live. He, he's encountered everything that we've encountered and he didn't doubt one bit. And I think the reason why he didn't doubt is because he knew what was to come. And only if we were to know what to come, oh, how different our perspective would change. Um, you bring up First John and talking about how it talks about, uh, it, it's written so that you may believe. The book of John, the, first, the, the original John, I like to call it the big John and then the first John and it's like <laughs> little John. But the big John talks about, in John chapter 20 verse 31, uh, it, it says that these things are written so that you may believe. And so that that's talking about Scripture in its entirety, and that the, these things or these these uh, these accounts in Scripture are written so that you may believe that, that God is who he says he is and that he is the one who is definitely in control. Okay, overcoming doubt. This can be hard um, because especially if we are... Um, if we have strong doubts about something, it can be very hard to overcome what we are doubting. Um, and so, Haley, does Dr. Gardner give us any advice on how to overcome doubt in his book by chance? I don't I don't want to throw anything on you, so I don't know what all you have highlighted, but I see extensive um, highlighting over there in the book. Yeah, well, I actually... Something that really helps me when I think about doubt, this isn't mm -hmm. in Jim Gardner's book, but this is just something 
that I kind of dwell on sometimes when I'm struggling with this idea of myself having doubt. Um, I think that a good place to look is in Mark chapter 9, mm-hmm. um, starting in verse 21. And it says, And Jesus asked his father, How long has this thing been happening to him? And, okay, so this, um, this father is the father of a boy who is possessed by a demon, just to give some context. So I'll go ahead and read it again. And it says, And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has cast, it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him. And never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And I just want to focus in on where the father said, I believe. Help my unbelief. The boy's father was vulnerable. And although he believed in Jesus, he admitted that there were parts of himself that had doubt. He didn't hide it, but instead... He brought it before God. And so that's something that I would encourage all of us to do. If we're having a doubt, it's we just need to recognize that. We just need to bring that forward. We don't need to try to hide it from ourselves or hide it from God. And I think that's really the first step to most things. You know, that's what a lot of people say. The, the first step is realizing that you have a problem. And I think that's true for this too. And not only realizing that you have a problem, but also being vulnerable enough to present that to God and say, hey, I don't believe 100%, but I want you to help me get there. Most definitely. Um, and I think it's important that we bring up this idea of expressing your doubts um, because, uh, you know, recently here on campus, we've had a lot of uh, tough situations, or we've had some situations on campus where people have been doubting, doubting their existence, doubting why they should, uh, why they should even... Um, live another day and we recently just had our first suicide that i'm aware of here on free hardman's campus and it was a very tragic event for everyone involved um and our hearts are still heavy and it hurts um and we grieve with the family but at the same time it shows that uh that whenever we're doubting about something in our life whenever we're whenever we're struggling with something or we're struggling to understand maybe what's my purpose or whatever the situation or question may be, we need to talk to someone about it. We've talked in this podcast before about having accountability partners in our faith. And I think that's very important, especially whenever it comes to doubt, find you someone who you can lean on, who you can talk to, who you can uh, trust to express your doubts to, who won't judge you for having your doubts. If they are truly a Christian and they're truly a follower of Christ, they're not going to judge you for what you may be doubting or what things you may be questioning. Because if we're all honest and, honest with ourselves and with each other we've all had our own doubts um and various shapes and forms and not everyone's doubt is going to be the same but no matter what your doubt is no matter how big or how small let people know uh what you're struggling with let them listen to you and if you want their help let them help you but don't hold it in and don't try to solve it on your own because as much as we would like to think that we have all the answers we we truly do not have all the answers and we cannot solve 
all of life's problems as much as we would love to. Um, and so we need to we need to figure we need to be willing to admit that we're struggling with doubt and discussing what doubt exists. We have in our notes Mark chapter nine verses fourteen through twenty nine. I'm going to take a look at that. I, let's see. Is that what I read? You just talked about this, right? The <laughs> demon possessed boy. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, did we put a special emphasis on verse twenty four? And then you you capitalized on that, right? About. Uh, Believe, help my unbelief. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is such a great, um, great passage to look at. Um, and so, definitely, we should uh, we should model after this and um, ask people to help us with our doubts, help us with our unbelief. Okay, next thing, figure out why we are doubting and why. Um, how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, really, if you let just once again don't shove what you're thinking way back into your mind you know Mm -hmm. just really expose that and bring that into the light and so sometimes what I like to do is when I'm reading the bible you know how many times do you read the bible and you're like that doesn't really make sense with other scripture I've read or this doesn't really make sense with what my preacher was telling me in church you know Mm -hmm. so when you're maybe you're in a church service and you're listening to the sermon you can write down a question right then, you know. Don't be embarrassed to be confused or to not know the answer. Um, or if you're doing your daily Bible reading and you read some stuff and you're like, that doesn't really make sense. Write those things down because that just really helps for it to not stay in your head and just go in circles. It really it makes it be put on paper and concrete and something that you can tackle. That's usually my first step. Do you? How do you usually approach doubt, Walker? Doubt for me, um, I typically like to. I'm a big. I like to talk things out, and I I tend to talk about things or talk out things backwards. But whenever I talk out things backwards, I get it from my mom. But whenever I do these things, it sort of helped me uh, realize and understand some of the things that I may be asking the questions to. And uh, sometimes I don't always find the answers to the things that I'm doubting. But I think prayer is a great thing to help me with my doubt. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 talks about praying without ceasing and the importance and value of prayer. And so whenever we doubt, we should pray most definitely and ask God for strength and ask him to help us uh, with our unbelief. Um, but I also love talking to other people about what I'm struggling with. That's something that I'm unashamed to do. And, uh, and I hope that you could have the courage as well to do that same thing. Talk to people about what you're struggling with and let them help you. Um, because uh, that if they're a true friend to you and they're someone who's willing to listen, they would be willing um, at the drop of a hat to sit down and discuss um, what you're struggling with. So find, find, find your doubt through Bible study, older Christians, or other resources. Um, you could look at commentaries. You can consult if your congregation has elders, consult your elders. Uh, they're a great resource to consult. Um, and just ask around and continue to um, build a community of, um, of things to help you uh, overcome your doubt. Anything else you would like to add? Or would you like to just go into your testimony? Yeah, I can kind of share um, my story and how I became a Christian. So growing up, um, my mom's family is, uh, they have kind of a traditional 
Catholic background and uh, my dad's family is Baptist or non-denominational and so we kind of would church hop every once in a while but for the most part we didn't really go to church um and I had always wanted to be a Christian you know I think I was motivated by um, I was afraid of going to hell honestly that was something that really made me want to make sure that I was a Christian but I just kept doubting that I was a Christian you know I didn't I didn't really know how to become one um, confidently because everyone had kind of told me that I just needed to pray and accept Jesus into my heart and truly believe in him you know and I was like how can I know that I believe in God enough that was something I struggled with like if I become a Christian by believing in God then I need to make sure that I'm believing enough and I just like doubted my ability to do that and then uh, when I was a junior in high school I started going to church with one of my friends and her name is Maddie Adams she's a really great girl uh, still one of my best friends to this day but we were just driving around one day after a school event um, and I'd been going to church with her for a while and my parents had told me that they didn't want me to go to church with her anymore and I was just really confused and I didn't understand and um, I didn't really notice a whole lot that was different about the church that she went to versus the some of the Baptist churches that I had gone to and so I just kind of started to ask her about some of the differences and she she just seemed like it was something that she had been meaning to talk to me about for a while. And she actually said that. She she did say that she had been meaning to talk to me about this and just didn't really know how to bring it up. But she uh, said that one of, one of the big differences was just baptism. And I had been baptized at a Baptist church uh, like a year and a half before this time. I just, I knew that I'd read in John 3 that, you know, can't enter heaven if you haven't been born of born again born of water and so that just really stuck to me and I was like okay maybe this is the thing but that Baptist congregation just made sure that I was aware that that baptism was just an outward uh, show of an inward change and so I had already been saved but this was just showing everyone and so she asked me about that she asked so Haley when were you saved and I was like I don't really know if I could tell you when because I've kind of always believed in God and I've always believed in Jesus, so I guess I've always been saved. Um, and like I said, I wasn't confident in this. I wasn't confident in my ability for myself to believe enough to uh, bring myself salvation. And she started to ask me about baptism and she asked when I was baptized and I told her and she asked why I had been baptized and I said, well... I didn't want to go to hell <laughs> and I knew that I needed to get baptized to go to heaven and so she asked me how I could have been saved before I was baptized if baptism was a part of my salvation and I said well you know that doesn't really make sense and so we actually went to my parents house um and my parents really didn't like her they thought that she was converting me to this crazy cult and all this crazy stuff but I ended up letting them I ended up convincing them to let Maddie spend the night. And so we just studied a little bit more and prayed some. And then we were like, okay, I need to do this. And I was I was just shaking because I was like, I 
haven't obeyed God yet and I need to do that and I'm separated from him and I don't want to be separated from him and so we went into my bathroom and we started to fill up the bathtub with water but I just couldn't fit and so my friend Maddie was just on top of me like pushing me down trying to get me to fit under the water and then it's at that moment that my mom walks into the bathroom and she says what are you doing and Maddie and I were just petrified because like I said they didn't they didn't like her very much and we were just like uh uh and then she she just saved us she said you know I I don't know what you guys are doing but I don't really think I want to know and just don't tell your dad (laughs) and we were like okay and so she turned around and walked out of the bathroom and Maddie and I just sat there and we were just so distraught because I couldn't fit and there was no way that my parents were going to let me leave the house and so it took the until the end of the weekend for me to be able to get somewhere where I could be baptized but end up getting baptized in the backyard of Maddie's uh in the pond in the backyard of Maddie's house her dad baptized me in that pond and so that's when I became a Christian and since then you know I've learned to study the Bible and have confidence in my salvation that way and know that God gives me grace and I don't have to believe hard enough to be saved mm-hmm. I don't think I can believe hard enough to be saved it's Jesus's blood that saves me and you know I'm just doing my best to ask me what I'm doing my best to do what he's asked of me but I also can have confidence that his grace is going to cover the rest definitely what a powerful testimony what a powerful story um and i think it just goes to prove that um we can be assured of our faith we can be assured of our of our salvation the bible clearly outlines that and that's really a different episode for a different day because that's a whole discussion over how we can be assured of our faith but if you're if you're wanting to know how can i be assured that i'm going to heaven reach out to us we'd be more than happy to help you understand that we have a set of studies that we can walk you through and uh, guide you through um, and uh, help you understand uh, what we've talked about here in this episode regarding salvation and the baptism part of it. Also, um, the series of studies that we go through talks about a little bit about doubt as well. And so these studies can um, hopefully help strengthen your faith. And it always strengthens our faith faith whenever we help someone with these studies. So it's beneficial to both the teacher and the student um, who decides to uh, take on these studies with us. And so we'd be honored to study with you if you so desire. Um, and this episode may be a lot shorter than normal, but that's also because there's only two people. We don't have Isaiah or um, any, or we don't have our typical set number of people. So um, we, uh, so I guess you get a break today. I don't know if you're going to be happy about <laughs> the, the, the short episode or not. But um, nonetheless, hopefully we'll be back um, for a full, full-length episode um, if Isaiah is able to be back with us next week. And we'll be discussing uh, with Wyatt Fairman um, the topic of, and I've done, it's done left my mind, but I have it pulled up right here in just a second. Um, let's see. We'll be discussing with Wyatt Fairman. Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> If you remember why it came on last season, we'll be discussing the topic of pew warmers. Um, and so uh, 
if you're wanting to know more about that episode or what the what we're going to be talking about specifically, you can find out more information on our website, tteoj.com. Related to this episode about doubt, um, you'll also be able to find discussion questions on our website as well. You'll be able to find uh, all about Haley and her information, a link to her YouTube channel, and some great resources um, that you can uh, obtain from her. She did a whole video over this topic of doubt, so be sure to go check that out on her YouTube channel. Um, and it really covers doubt well. It's been such an honor to have Haley on as a guest today, and we look forward to bringing her back next time uh, in some future seasons, and she'll help us discuss some other hot topics. Um, And so thank you, Haley, for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Yes, and um, we look forward to uh, you coming back on in the future, but I think it's best that we close out this episode in prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. We thank you uh, for the opportunity that we have to discuss this idea of doubt. We pray that as we struggle each and every day to understand your full power, your full majesty, everything that's about you, we pray that we can be strengthened by you, um, that you can put your loving hand upon us and show us that, yes, we may not know all the answers, but you are still in control. And I don't think we have to look very far to understand that concept. I think that's shown through everyday events and actions that happen in our life that show that you were definitely, you definitely had your hand in the picture the whole time and you were always there, um, whether we thought you were or not. And I pray that our faith can only be strengthened in the days to come and not weakened by our doubt. I pray that we be proactive about the things that we do question and we seek the answers for those questions. And we beg um, to know what the Bible has to say regarding these questions. And so I pray if there's anyone out there who's struggling with doubt in Christianity, who's struggling with doubt and what to believe, that they'll reach out and that they'll express their doubts and let us help them. Um, And we would be so honored to do so. Um, And we know that you would uh, want a fellow Christian to help them understand um, what they're struggling with and how to overcome it. But most importantly, Father... Uh, If nothing else, we pray that we can lean on you better and that we can trust in you in all the ways and you will direct our paths. Be with us, strengthen us, and guide us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.